Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I am your host, Ryan Winder. And remember, what's happening in Vegas is not staying in Vegas, as I bring you helpful tips and all sorts of topic areas, with a Vegas twist of course. So let's get the show started. Welcome in everybody, it's good to have you back for another episode. I've got a great show for you today. Uh, before I get to that, though, just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in, for listening. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to rate and review the show on Apple iTunes, please do so. I love to see those reviews and just see what you think about the show. Uh, and plus, it just, again, helps to boost the ratings and get it out to more people. So, again, please do that if you haven't done that. Also, go ahead and join the Facebook group page, Vegas Therapist Ryan Winder on Facebook. Uh, for updates and questions and comments and different things that we put out about topics around mental health, relationships, etc. So uh, it's a great place for the community and for people to come together and to share different things. So uh, join that if you haven't done so as well. And also, I know um, I've talked about this and this is this episode today is kind of a little bit of a precursor. Uh, hopefully by mid month, I'm going to have the marriage challenge, uh, available for purchase. Uh, it's coming along. I've done everything on my end. I'm just getting the website up now and getting the details put together for that. So it can be purchased. So we're just in that phase of it. Uh, that's taken a little bit of time longer than I wanted. Um, but everything is produced and ready and ready to go that way. It's just more building the infrastructure around the website and getting that ready to go. So uh, look forward to that. Hopefully mid-month in July, that will be ready. Um, and so kind of transitioning in today's episode, uh, I recently spoke or gave a presentation at my church and was able to record that. And so I wanted to use that as an episode or an opportunity because it is on marriages and strengthening marriages. And so uh, again, looking forward to the the challenge that's coming out. There's two of the things that I put in this, this strengthening marriage workshop that I gave um, that are part of that challenge. So you get a little bit of a precursor to that. Uh, the other stuff is just kind of more general things about um, about strengthening our relationships and being able to put effort into them so that they can be better and improved and be the be what we want them to be uh, for for ourselves and for our partner. Uh, so again, this is coming from a church setting. So there is some religious aspect to it, some scriptural type stuff. Uh, so just be mindful of that and aware of that. Uh, but there's some great content in there as far as that goes, as far as strengthening our relationships. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, again, the audio is a little bit whatever, but um, it's it's good enough to where I can put it out there and, and uh, you can hear it and uh, be able to pick up on the things that are being said. So uh, enjoy and have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon. Definitely appreciate our time there. We were there for about 20 years, and um, you know, it gave me a great opportunity to I just get lots of experience as a counselor, um, to see lots of different things and have the experiences, like I said, with a lot of different challenges that people face and go through. And so I really attribute um, the kind of counselor I've been able to, to grow into from, from that experience. But as I uh, quickly learned in moving to Meridian that 
there's challenges here. You know, there's addiction, there's infidelity, there's um, abuse, there's trauma, there's all sorts of things that still exist around us. And so there's still a need for uh, those, those uh, services for people. And so I'm grateful uh, to be here and to be in this community and to be uh, a, part of, a, a part of it and helping others as they try to ch- deal with some of the challenges that they're facing at this time. And um, just kind of in general, I just think it's important to acknowledge that, you know, life is hard and marriage is hard. And you combine the two things together and it's, it's, it's a difficult challenge. And so, um, you know, we, we definitely have to do a better job of protecting our relationships and fortifying them in a way that can withstand the challenges that we'll all face in life. But the good news is with that is that there's a number of things that we can do to strengthen our marriages and build a stronger foundation that can help us withstand with what with the things that may come our way. Um, I did want to start out with, even though I'm not, it's not necessarily going to be focused on the spiritual side of things, but I did want to start out with a scripture because I think it really sets up the foundation for what I want to talk about as far as building and fortifying our relationships. And so I looked up the word fortify in the, in the, um, in the, in the scriptures, and I came across this one that I think really fits, and it's in Alma 51.27. And that scripture says, and thus, the land, the, and thus have the Lamanites obtained by the cunning of all, by the, by the cunning of Amalekiah, so many cities by their numberless hosts, all of which were strongly fortified after the manner of the fortifications of Moroni, all of which afforded strongholds for the Lamanites. And I think if you kind of break down that scripture, you look at the notion of like, if you compare that to our, our marriages and our relationships, is, is that even in spite, we know that Moroni was a great leader and he really did a good job of fortifying those cities to protect them. But yet, even in the midst of that fortification and the things that he did to help those cities be fortified, the Lamanites were still able to infiltrate them. They were still able to find some of the weaknesses and things to get inside of them. And that's really kind of how our marriages can be, too, is that we can fortify them, we can strengthen them, but there can still be little cracks that the adversary tries to uh, get at. And so if we're not constantly on watch, um, we can be vulnerable to some of those things. For example... Those cracks, I think, include things like pornography, infidelity, um, you know, faith crises have been a part of that, social media, things of that nature. Um, they can all lend themselves to challenges that, that can break uh, down the fortifications of our relationship. And so even another danger that we face is just the idea of com- complacency. We can get comfortable. We can put things on cruise control. We can think, oh, we don't really need to continue to date or be intimate or show affection or laugh together, uh, share goals, etc. And so when we think we may be in a good place, just like those cities um, that were fortified by, by Moroni, um, that may be when we're the most vulnerable because we feel like everything's good. And so my thought is, is that in today's age, there's not really a space for cruise control in our relationships. We have to constantly be working at them and being able to do things that will help strengthen them. And so today, I want to provide with you five things I think would be beneficial for us to uh, help strengthen our marriages. And um, hopefully you have the handouts. If you're not, I know there's extra um, that you can grab afterwards. And so these, the five things I want to go through 
uh, with you today. The first one comes from Read the Research of John Gottman. I don't know if anybody's familiar with him. This is one of his books, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. And the great thing about John Gottman is, is that he's based, like I said, all of his findings and his research on, or on his on marriages on research. He has a research lab and he has couples come in and they, and they do work with them. And so uh, a lot of the things that he has to say are very valid and important and things that we should pay attention to. And so one of the things that he talks about is the importance of, of creating a shared vision slash goals for our relationship. And he has found that couples who have a shared dream find the inevitable ups and downs uh, in life less bothersome and less and they're less destructive to the to the relationship. And I think part of that is that when we create a, a larger context or meaning in life, they can help couples to avoid focusing on the little stuff that happens. So we don't get bogged down. I think it's a perspective thing. We don't get bogged down in the little things that may happen from day to day because we're able to see the bigger picture. We have a greater sense of, of what we want to do or what we want to accomplish. And obviously for, for a lot of us, the gospel provides that. But I think with, with the gospel, we also need to do other things to have that shared vision as well. Uh, I think another purpose for creating this shared vision is, is that a crucial goal of any marriage should be to create an atmosphere that encourages each person to be able to talk honestly about his or her convictions and the ability to do that thus just brings us closer together and brings us to be able to have those things that we, we, feel, we feel good about. So there's, there's four things that he talks about as far as creating that shared vision. And so the first one is simply just family rituals, things that we can do together, things that we, you know, whether it's in holidays, vacations, greetings, celebrations, dinner together, just things that we do as a family or even as a couple that are things that we employ consistently things that we can do together, things that we rely on that are important for us. The next one is roles. Um, and that can be things involved in parenting, career, who's the bill payer, who takes care of what. Uh, the one thing about roles, though, I've found especially is that that's something that needs to be updated consistently because obviously things change, times change. And so we need to be kind of evolving and adapting to things as, as things change for us. In our, in our families and in our relationships. Um, the third thing is just that we also make sure that we develop personal goals, uh, relationship goals that enhance meaning uh, and create a, a richer connection with one another. And that's the benefit of goals. So one thing is not Relief Society best presentation with the cloth and everything, but I did bring some props. So that's a, that's a idea of a relationship goal. That's me and my wife. We used to do a lot of running and we did marathons back when, and, and that was, that was a way that we connected and that we were able to kind of push each other and do different things. In fact, last summer, um, we even did 75 hard together and there were some pretty trying days that we we're, were able to get in our, our, our two workouts a day and that was something that we did together. Um, so those kinds of things that bring us together, that provide purpose and meaning in our relationships are good strategies uh, for us and uh, uh, like I said, they, they enhance in, uh, our relationship. Another thing that's uh, important too in that same, in that same vein is uh, shared symbols. And these shared symbols are representations of the values and beliefs that you share within your relationship. Um, whether that's the meaning of family, education, fun, or play. And so something I wanted to share with you and 
excuse me if I do get a little bit of emotional, but this is, this is something um, in our family that has become a shared symbol. And um, there's, a, there's a background to it. It's not just an insult, shut up, quit whining, and keep hiking. There is a background to it. Um, but it's something uh, when my wife's dad unexpectedly passed away about nine years ago, um, there was a talk, one of the speakers at his funeral talked about him um, being on a scout camp. He was a scout leader for many years. And of course, they were on this camp and, and um, it was raining and you can only imagine that the scouts weren't very happy about hiking in the rain. And uh, that's what he verbalized to them in that moment was to shut up, quit whining, keep hiking. We've got to get to where we go so we can set up camp. And so, so that's become a shared symbol in our relationship and our family to when things get difficult, sometimes we just got to keep hiking and keep moving forward. But that keeps us on course. And so I think having those things in your relationship and having those things that bring us together are very important to us. And they provide, like I said, a perspective when things do get difficult uh, that we can kind of come that we can come together and not just sort of like take the easy way out or, or just kind of fold on things. But it's something, like I said, that strengthens us. So that's the that's the first one um, as far as things go. The, the second one that I want to talk about in strengthening our, in our marriages is intimacy. And that's a big part of, of relationships, whether it be physical, emotional or spiritual, intimacy is a big part of our relationships. Now, something that when we when we talk about that, I noticed there was people perked up when we talk about intimacy, especially men. They're like getting their pens out. What's he going to say about intimacy? What's he going to yeah, yeah. So there. Um, but the reality is, is that intimacy in relationships is a pivotal, pivotal pillar of healthy marriages. Intimacy helps both partners to realize how important they are for each other. And no matter their shortcomings or limitations, we always wish to be accepted and loved by our partners. And I think that that's such a critical thing is that, you know, a that place of intimacy is a place where no matter how the day went, where uh, we maybe we feel like we lost a day in our work or whatever it is, um, that we want to feel that sense of acceptance and love with our partners. And, you know, via intimacy, we can feel that. And so it is a critical uh, part to our relationships. And there's also many benefits. But one thing I want to talk about really quick when it comes to intimacy, because I think it's an important aspect. And so... Um, can you still hear me away from the mic? Okay, so one thing really quick that's, that's important to understand when it comes to intimacy is that there's kind of two aspects to it. So, terrible writing, I know. We have desire towards arousal and then arousal towards desire. Now, when it comes to that, there's typically, we typically operate in different ways in a relationship. One person operates in one way, I'll let you guess who that is in your relationship, and the other person can operate the other way. And so, typically, there's one person that has a greater desire for intimacy in the relationship, and so getting to a place of arousal is not that difficult. But on the other side, there's arousal that needs to happen before desire. Now, the key here, though, when we think about arousal is that we may have our own vision of what that looks like, but that's our vision. That's not necessarily our partner's vision of what that, what that may look like because for many people, arousal can be a lot of different things, especially when we think about 
our spouses, our wives, maybe. Um, that could be things like helping with the kids or um, just communication, spending time talking together. There's a lot of different things that can lead to that. And so in our, in our relationships, we need to do a better job of making sure that we know what that looks like for our spouse so that there can be a greater tendency towards desire. Because when it comes to that aspect of it, that's where you know, we can sometimes fall into selfishness behaviors where it's like we want to do what we want to do, but we don't take the time to think about what our spouse might need in that moment. So that's a critical, I think, component when it comes to intimacy and improving our intimacy within our relationships. Um, one of the other things, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the notion of the selfishness side of it in a little bit, but one of the things um, that we need to also understand when it comes to the benefits of intimacy is, is that when there's an increase of intimacy, and again, physical, emotional, uh, I think those two things kind of go hand in hand, but when there's an increase of that in our relationships, it also means that we'll be able to manage life challenges more effectively and support one another uh, in the process. And now, the reason for that, that may be a, a number of different things, but another benefit of increased intimacy is, is actually leads to enhanced self-esteem. So maybe with that enhanced self-esteem, we just feel a greater sense of like that we can uh, conquer the day or get, get work through challenges. And so as we have that feeling, or we maybe just feel like we feel better prepared for the day because we just know we have that support from our partner and we feel more connected to them. And so we're able to take on those challenges more so when we know our partner's in our corner and we have that connection with them. Because really, a lot of that is about connection. And when we don't feel connected, um, it's, a, it's a more difficult path for us when we feel less connected to uh, the person that we love. So those are some of the benefits from intimacy. Now, some of the killers uh, to intimacy may include things like harboring resentments or bitterness. And there's a quote that I wanted to read because I think that, that's an, that the, the notion of resentment really can be a slow killer in our relationships. And so I wanted to read you something. This comes from a book called... Um, I didn't bring this one with me. Uh, the New Rules of Marriage is what it's called by Terrence Reel. And he says in relationship to, to uh, resentments, he says, speaking of resentment, when you stop telling the truth to your partner, when you find yourself saying it's not worth the fight, just know that you're on a slippery slope. If you carry one shred of resentment, either do the work of full acceptance or go back to the negotiation table and, find, and fight for what's important to you. Don't try to be a marital martyr and don't give in to a false sense of compromise because in the end, your relationship will suffer because, because of it. And I really want to hammer that point home. It's really important that we find ways to communicate the things that, that we struggle with in our relationships and find the space to be able to do that. Now, we might feel that maybe we don't feel safe doing that, so we've got to figure out a way to make sure that we feel safe and so that we can feel heard, so we can, I guess, work through those challenges because, like I said, the resentment as is that, is that builds up, it just starts to erode different things, our intimacy, our connection, our feeling close together. So we really want to make sure that we take care of that. Uh, another killer to intimacy can include just simply not talking about our desires, things that we share with one another, things that we want to, we want to connect with more so. And before I get to the last one, because I'm going to turn the last one into another topic, but um, I just mentioned, I didn't say this in my, in my biography, but I do have a podcast called The Vegas Therapist, and I talk about intimacy on in a couple episodes, so there's a reference to that on your handout if uh, you want to take a listen to those, where it goes into a little bit more detail on the importance of, 
uh, and the benefits of intimacy. And so then the final killer is selfishness. And so, uh, again, whether it's talking about that aspect of things or just in general, um, our selfishness that can, can happen in our, our relationships, that can be a killer to a lot of different things. And so one of the things I talk about that's important um, to sort of counter the notion of selfishness is a concept, and, and again, I, I define selfishness as in, is in this case as simply caring or showing love in the way that we like to receive it and not considering what our partner may want or what they may feel. This is kind of like the notion of the love languages. A lot of people have heard of the love languages. Like we tend to, you know, some people like to give gifts, others don't. So if we're always giving gifts to our partner, but they don't like gifts, it's kind of a selfish thing because that's something that we do for us and not necessarily for them. And so a term that I came across a long time ago that I like to use for this, for the counter to selfishness, is what's called bullseye caring. So um, it's kind of pretty basic. Um, and just something that we can think of. I just like the visual. Just think of like we want to make sure that we're doing things that really matter most to our partner and make sure that um, they feel that love from us in a way that, that's more important to them. So an exercise that I have people to do, if, if I want to take a few minutes because we got some time. I want to take a few minutes and those who are there with your, your partner, I want you to ask your partner three things that you can do more frequently to show caring. Now these three things should be small and can be done fairly frequently without a great deal of time, okay? So three things you can do to show you care. Both of you get, get an opportunity to do that. Me and my wife did this earlier, so I, so I read the results of ours first if you want some examples. <laughs> so I'll, I'll read you mine. I'll be vulnerable, I'll read you mine. Mine was listening. You might think that that's a, I, I'm a good listener. I am a good listener at work, just so you know. I'm a very good listener. I listen really well. I've got to translate that more so at home. So I, uh, listening, um, being more present, getting off my phone, those kinds of things. Um, and then follow through on things that are important to her, like cleaning and that kind of stuff. So those are the three things that are important for her that I could do more in caring. Mine were... I would appreciate if she was more positive first, and then tell me where I can improve second. Um, just that, there's just something about that. It's just helpful. Uh, more affection, and then go with the flow. My wife's a planner. She likes things in a you know, very specific way, but we appreciate the planning because we went on vacation last week, and everything was good to go, but sometimes we just need to go with the flow a little bit. So those were our things. So take a few minutes. Three things that you can do to show more caring or that you would appreciate if your partner did more caring, did, did so to show more caring in the way that you want. So I'll give you a few minutes to think about that. I say if you're here by yourself, you can think about the ones that you want so that you're ready to go when you do it with your, with your spouse. So. Did everybody get a handout, or did you have more? We're all out of them. We're all out of them? Okay.
All right, well, you can continue to think about that if you weren't quite, um, <laughs> I almost let that go, see, that's why I just, I didn't have the stand, or the, you know, the triangle there, I almost like tipped that over if you saw, so, um, all right, so now, the second part of this, after you've done the three things, you've given your three things, now that obviously the next part is that we have to do better, which is one of my things, is we have to now do those things. We have to be committed to making sure that we're doing those things more regularly and we take the time to um, put those into practice, right? So that's where, that's where we earn the reward in, in terms of the connection or relationship is when we actually, when our spouse can see us doing those things. Now, one thing I wanna point out, Sometimes we got to look at effort, right? Because there is a level of humanness that we all experience, right? Sometimes things, um, we do struggle. Sometimes we have weaknesses with things. And so the appreciation for our own humanness is also important in that as well, too. So, um, but being more committed is, is important. So, all right, the next one I want to move on to. Now, this one, um, I've, I've put a lot of thought into this one. And this has been something that's, you know, I think when we, in, the, in kind of our general world that we live in, we, you know, a lot of things can be glamorous and exciting, and, and, and this is really just something that's basic. And, but I think when we think about the notion of by small and simple things are great things that come to pass, this is one of those simple things um, in that if we're more consistent with and expressing just simply I love you to our partner, there's a great benefit that can come from that. And a question that I often ask to couples when they come in is when was the last time you said, you told your spouse that you love them? And surprisingly enough, sometimes it's been months, sometimes even years in between just a verbalization of I love you to your spouse. Now, let that sink in. Let maybe just take a moment and think about when was the last time I actually said the words I love you to my spouse? Um, and just, you know, have a little inventory with yourself about that or how frequently that goes for you. Um, again, going back to research, I think research is important in terms of understanding these different concepts. They're not just nice things to think about, but research has shown that there's an importance of saying I love you because not saying I love you can create distance between you and begin to erode the connection that you feel with one another. You may begin to feel unappreciated or your spouse doesn't value your relationship just simply by not verbalizing the words I love you. Saying I love you is the oxygen for relationships. Telling somebody you love them feeds the relationship and keeps it alive. It reinforces your feelings and helps remind your loved ones that they are there, that you are there for them and that they matter to you. So, and I could go on. There was lots of things that I found that talked about the importance of saying I love you. Um, but just to, to really hammer that home, that that is an important quality uh, for us to have in our relationship. Now, this also was talked about in a, in a 2009 general conference talk by Elder Bednard. 
the, the talk was actually called Being More Diligent and Concerned at Home. He said we can begin to become more diligent and concerned at home by telling the people we love that we love them. We should remember that saying I love you is only a beginning. We need to say it, we need to mean it, and most importantly, we need to consistently show it. We need both to express and demonstrate our love. Um, so, again, just the value of that. Now, one thing I like to share, just because it's, a, it's kind of a funny story, but it really has set the precedent for this in my own life before I was a therapist, before this really even kind of came into being for me. Um, uh, when I was on my mission, well, when I started my mission, now, just a little background more. I mean, I'm, I'm a, 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 uh, one of five boys in a family, and I grew up on a farm, so a little bit more of a, a tougher environment. We didn't always necessarily say I love you or those kinds of things. Um, so I get on my mission, and my first area that I was assigned to was Port Huron, Michigan. And it was like the furthest area from our mission. It was, uh, I was in the Detroit mission. And um, so me and my companion, my trainer, we had like a two-hour drive to our mission or to our area. So we got to know each other. I'm like, oh, this is great. He likes basketball. He played college, junior college basketball. Um, we seemed to have a lot in common and everything was going well. And, you know, it just was like, oh, this, this is going to be great. We're like, we have birthdays that are two days apart. We're the same age, you know, da, 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 all these different things. And it was just, I was really excited. And then get home, do a little bit of unpacking. It was late. Um, we go to go to bed and uh, he, he's like, Elder, I love you. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I'm like, you had me until then, and now I'm, I'm totally weirded out. And I'm like, we just, we're like, it's like a first date or something. He's already telling me he loves me. And I'm like, this is a little, little too much. So, but he, and I'm just like, I'm not giving in. I'm not saying it back because that's just going to even be weird. I'm not going to do it. So anyway, so that continued for a couple weeks. And every night before I go to bed, he'd tell me he loved me. And I'm just like, I'm holding out. I'm not going to do it. And, uh, and eventually I, I caved and I started saying, I love you back. And, um, but, you know, then what was interesting is that it kind of got the, the concept of that or the, or the principle behind that and the importance of that. And it was really easy with him because I did love him. He was a great companion and he taught me a lot. And so then that was something that obviously I carried on uh, to my companions, my other companions they had. And I'm sure they were weirded out as I was weirded out. Um, but there was something I did. But where it really came to be impactful was the companions that I struggled with, the companions that weren't easy to love, the companions where you had some bitterness and some hard feelings. And I just felt like when I was able to do that and say I love you at the end of the night, it just kind of took those things and washed them away and just was able to kind of like hit reset on the next day. And, um, and that's something um, that I'd say probably, what, 90% of our marriage, I've been pretty good at being able to say I love you. I think my wife would agree that I'm the I love you person in our, in our marriage. And so um, I think that's something that's really been a benefit. And that's kind of just the idea that I think about when I think about the importance of that is just that it's just that reaffirmation. It just kind of lets those things go. And like I said, it really is one of those things, small and simple things are great things that, that are brought to pass by just simply expressing that to our, to our spouse. So the final one I want to just take some time with then is the notion of expectations. Now, really, with expectations, it's kind of a double-edged sword because 
one of the reasons I wanted to include this one is because of the fact that I really look at expectations as sometimes a silent killer in relationships. So it's something we got to be mindful of and be careful of because we often assume our partners should just know our expectations or simply, you know, or, or we just simply fail to communicate them. So kind of two things. One, we, we fall into the assumption trap where we think they should just know what they are or they just seem so clear in our mind that we just kind of go with them, but we don't communicate what they actually are. But yet when they go unmet, when our, when our, when our expectations go unmet, they, we can become very frustrated with our spouse as a result of that. So when it comes to expectations, I think we need to do some of the following. One, we need to be aware of what we expect, just kind of going into things. What am I really expecting? Not just take it for granted that I don't have expectations, because I think we have expectations in a lot of different things. We want to make sure, too, this is an important step in our expectations, is just making sure they're reasonable and realistic, because sometimes we have the tendency to want things that maybe just aren't reasonable at that point, but maybe there's a good, good middle ground with those if we, if we talk about them with our spouse. We also want to be clear, make sure we have good communication with our expectations. And then the next one, and this kind of goes back to the exercise we did with the bullseye carrying, is we want to be motivated to meet our partner's expectations when they do express them to us, right? We want to make sure that we understand that, hey, they've taken the time to share something with us that's important to them. And so on the other end of it, we want to be motivated to, to try to meet those expectations. So another challenge, we're not going to do this here, this is a little bit longer of a conversation, but it's good to sit down with your partner and discuss what your current expectations are for, for some of the following things. Things like intimacy, romance, communication, roles, career, time together, vacations, etc., dreams and goals, which we've already kind of talked about as well too. But all those things are important to, to have and to, to understand what our expectations are for and the other thing about that one is, too, is like those things are always changing as well, right? You know, what was maybe good for us at what, or what we expected at one point in our relationship may be different now. So those are, those are conversations that we can continue to have over the course of our relationship and be, you know, adapting as well. So, so those are the five things I wanted to kind of bring with you today. There was another kind of just thing I had I thought about at the, at the end that I just included in my notes. And so... Um, if you have a pen, you can write these things down. This is just another exercise by Gottman. It's just something to kind of talk about or something that we can do. Uh, Gottman, in his book, Seven Principles, he talks about what he calls the magic five hours. And so these are just some things that we can do in our relationship five hours a week. And it really breaks down to probably not even really five hours, but that's what he refers to it as. So there's, um, let's see, one, two... Three, four things, that, well, five things, I guess, that, that you do daily or slash one of them is weekly. But make sure that you have a parting and a reunion, like a ritual around those things. So whether it's like you say, I love you before you leave or um, greet each other with a hug or a kiss or something of like that. So the partings and reunions, make a ritual around those things. Uh, make sure that you show some kind of admiration or verbalize some kind of admiration or appreciation daily to your spouse. That's another part of the five hours. Um, also have some kind of daily affection, a kiss, a hug, um, um, hold hands, do something, some kind of affection that you have within the day. And then the final thing is a weekly date. And that, was, that accounted for two hours of the, of the magic five hours for the week was a weekly date. So... Those are some things that we can think of, too, as far as just things that we can, 
you know, bring into our relationship and be able to, to utilize in the time. So um, I know we're just out of time. So anyway, I appreciate you guys having me here today. I know that um, it's important that we're mindful of our relationships. Uh, it is, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a challenge out there for sure. And there's lots of things, like I said earlier when I read that scripture, just there's a lot of things that, that happen or can happen to us. Maybe we're not even expecting it. Just things can find their way in. Things that maybe seem not dangerous, but then become dangerous. Uh, so those fortifications that we make need to always be on alert. Um, we need to be constantly mindful of like where we're at and be talking about it and be thinking about it. Because like I said, the, the notion of us being on cruise control, I don't think is really an option anymore. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the five elements of strengthening your marriage, plus the bonus magic five hours from Gottman. Um, some great things in there as far as benefiting our relationships. And again, look for my 14 day marriage challenge to be coming out in the next few weeks and look for that for purchase. And I know there's some great things in there that will help you even more so with your relationship and improving that and uh, look forward to sharing that with you. So uh, this is The Vegas Therapist signing off. Until next time, have a good one.